When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to be joined by Robbie Stockdale. Where is Sunderland colours, Robbie? But still a Burrow lad at heart. Uh, I think once you you got an affinity with a, a club, it was my hometown team, the team I supported. I was fortunate to go through the ranks and play for them. Of course, it's uh, I still live in the area and it's a club that's very very close to my heart still. Yeah. You take it back to the beginning. I think Red Kilada originally. Mask and Red Masks, yeah. yeah, yeah. And growing up in that area. You'll have been surrounded, I guess, by Borough fans and Borough supporters. Are you from a Borough supporting family? Well, actually, me, my family are from Hull. I was right. the only one born in Middlesbrough by, at Parkside Hospital there. Um, so, f- football mad from, from as young as I can remember. Um, did the Essen Park, did, did the training with the, the under-8s all the way through. Was coached by fantastic people. Played played a, the last ever game at Essen Park for Lambar Schools. Um, and and was just a, just a fanatical... Uh, supporter of the, of the team, um, some some rough times in, in when I was watching. You know, you, you think back to, to some of the dark days that they had, and um, it was really strange. After watching some of the players playing in those times, I actually got to play with them later on in my well, at the start of my career, probably in the, the latter stages there. So, uh, a, a, a fantastic club gave me a lot, and um, you know, it's it's on a good footing. I think I think that they're a strong club at the minute. In terms of being a young lad supporting, what sort of age were you when you started going to matches? You'd be with you, presumably with family members yeah, at first, wasn't it? Yeah, was it my dad and brother, really, uh, parking in the streets around Essen Park and stopping at the same corner shop for the quarter of Midget Gems. Walking, the yeah, <laughs> well, and we actually sat in every every part of the ground. I remember my very first game, uh, my dad tried to take me to the Holgate. I think it was a Liverpool game at home where they beat us 4-1 and Barnes and... That'd be the old first division days, won't it? Yeah, I think it was, and um, we couldn't get in. It was it was full, so we went round to the chicken room, which was a bit of a, an eye opener for a seven year old or eight year old, whatever I was. You learned lots of new words. I never learned lots of new words, but I wasn't allowed to repeat back <laughs> at home. Um, so, so that was my first memories, really. Um, obviously, playing for the club's youth teams, training on a Thursday night, Ayrson Park, with people like John Pickering and Stan Nixon and uh, David Mills and people like that. Um, and then maybe getting to 12, 13, 14 and thinking oh, I've got a shot of making a career out of this playing in the youth team for sort of a couple of years before I showed and um, it was a really good time so, you know, it's, a, it's a fantastic grounding like any of any the, the clubs would have been at that time it was just so happened I was doing it for the, the club I supported In terms of your, your boyhood heroes as footballers I mean, for Borough or for other people you watched on TV what sort of players did you idolise when you were a young kid? I, th- I think when you're, you're that age you're always idolising the, sort of the goal scorers or the, the, the forward thinking players so, you know, dare I say it, Bernie was, <laughs> Bernie was one when he wasn't offside and <laughs> Um, you had your John Hendrys, Paul Wilkinson, Stuart Ripley, but then you know Tony and Gary at the back there, were the, the big stalwarts of the team. So um, it would, it, it felt, it felt like the, the players at that time as well were quite accessible. I remember uh, they playing a charity game at Mass Cricket Club, and you'd end up going there and having the pictures took with them. And it, it just, I don't think we've probably got as great a contact with the community now as as what we used to have. So. 
it's something I know our clubs try to address. We've had the fan days, with the players go out and about and do the community side, and I think it means a lot to people. No, absolutely. In terms of um, getting, sorry, so in terms of playing football when you were a young lad, you know, mm. what sort of age were you starting to get attention? Was it was it just Middlesbrough? Were the clubs looking at you? No, I had offers from various clubs. Um, you know, without sort of name dropping, there must have been six or seven clubs that that wanted me to sign. I'd got offered professional terms, um, but Middlesbrough was always the club that I was I was going to sign for. You know. Um, like I say, I enjoyed it. The coaching was good. We had a good team. Um, they had an affinity with the club. It, you know, my son, the league manager, Brian Milburn, was actually uh, in charge of the ball boys at Essendon Park. That was his, his job. Mm-hmm. So he managed to sneak me in to be ball boy every home game. And he always used to put me next to Lenny Lawrence's dugout because he knew that if we were winning... Lenny would look at me and I'd take time to get the ball back and if we were losing I had to run and get it back and so give you the nod. I became sort of Lenny's personal ball boy <laughs> on the side of the pitch near the, the dial a duck sort of uh, dugout so um, yeah there was, it was tempting and I enjoyed going to other clubs on trial I remember getting phone calls from man- well, my parents got phone calls from the, the senior managers at these clubs trying to persuade them to take me there but to be honest it was, it was an easy decision to make I was always going to sign Who was the first person to identify you? Um, it would have been Brian or it would have gone into Ron Bourne at the time um, Keith uh, Noble, Keith Noble would, have been, yeah. would have been around there as well so really good people um, like I said I probably started to train with them around 8 or 9 years old with the under 10s and 11s and then like I say steadily sort of made my way through the ranks Anybody in your age group who, who came through with you? Um, you know about the Max Summerbelly Well Max, Max older than me uh, the, the year above me would have been Anthony Ormerod, Andy Campbell, Paul Connor, um, Craig Harrison would have been a year above that. Uh, my age, there wasn't a great deal of the, the local boys coming through with me, but some of the Irish boys that came over, Jason Gavin was one. Um, so my age group, even though we had a really strong team, there wasn't many that went on to, to play professionally. You were just before the academy era, really, yes. weren't you? Yeah. Um, before Middlesbrough moved into Rockcliffe Park. But what were the facilities like you were working, playing, training with? Because it's, it's vastly different. We sat in the Academy of Light here, and it's a wonderful yeah. place. It's nothing like you would have enjoyed. No, well, when, when I first uh, went to uh, as schoolboy, we were training at Essen Park uh, in the the old uh, sports hall at the top with the, with the gym behind it, which was crumbling walls and uh, great grounding again. And then... Um, that sort of steadily changed. We trained at Southlands on the AstroTurf, sort which was the old style, not not like the the three G or four G. The boys get to train on now. It's the old style sort of hockey pitch, where if you you fell over, you had a graze on your leg for a Big month. Big carpet burns. Exactly. Um, and then we just sort of ended up at Tolsby Road, um, Hall Drive, places like that, and that's where we'd play our our games on a Saturday or Sunday. So um, it was at, when I was a YTS coming through at Middlesbrough I was a YTS at what was the cell at Riverside Stadium so we used to get changed there and then get bussed out and I think the first mm-hmm. team got bussed out to a couple of places and as I became second year YTS or first year pro one of the two we moved into Rockcliffe into the port cabins as it was just starting to get developed there so I was I was there for the very start of that really I think your position changed, didn't it? Were you more of an attacking player? It kind of did. It kind of did. I think the, ma- the majority of players, uh, when they're breaking through, sort of because you, dare say, one of the one of the better players, either playing in midfield or 
put forward. It was I actually started to play in defence around 14, 15 when I was playing in the youth team. So I was playing under 18s football at 15, 16, and that's when I started to play at right back. Um, probably because they didn't, they maybe didn't have a player to play there, or they saw potential in me. But I think coming through now, you have to. At the time, there was some big, big players playing in the forward position, so maybe it was harder to break through in, in those positions. I'm not sure, but um, whoever made the decision, I can't, you know, I can't really remember who it was. Was, was probably sort of got a career out the back of it, really. You feel you just felt once you played there, you felt comfortable yeah, there. You got yeah. the game in front of you. Yeah, I was relatively quick at that age. I don't know when that stopped for <laughs> people that are listening to this, but um, yeah, I, you, you just adapt, don't you? I was quite a they're certain intelligent player at that age, and you sort of, you know, I was captain as I as I went through, and um, yeah, you just you, you just adapt to it. I think the fact that I'd played at a, a forward position probably helped me play against people. So, um, no, certainly one of the one of the first times was in the FA Youth Cup. We played Leeds United at Elland Road, who were the big favourites at the time, and I was at school. Was that when all that generation was coming through it's down there? Really good team, really strong team, and we beat them one nil. You know, I, I played well in the game against an England international. I think it was something right, Andy Wright. I think it was or something like that. But they had the Kules, they had the McPhails, and they were they were big favourites for the competition. We beat them one nil. Then went to Portman Road in the next round with the Kieran Dyers and Scorecrofts and all. Then they they beat us. So from from an early age, I was getting tested. Pretty well, really. So, um, playing playing in big stadiums, playing against good players at that age, but three or four years older than me, really de- developed me. In terms of being a being a, you know, you mentioned you were a YTS. Was it still the days of you had a player that you looked after to do the boots? Yeah, a couple of players. So it changed each year. Um, I think I can't remember who my first year was, but I do remember that the goalkeeping coach Mike Kelly was one of my, and Mike was a scary guy. And uh, after a game on a Saturday, I wouldn't get the boots thrown at me. I'd get his going out shoes. <laughs> uh, he'd be going out shoes to polish up for, it, for his the yeah, shine. Yeah, so he, he was out, he was out on the on the drink probably. Um, but no, we used to clean clean all the change rooms, scrub the stuff, do do the jobs. Something that we still do as a club. Actually, we we still um, encourage our players to to still clean the first team boots, which I think is important. The under twenty threes look after the first team equipment. They look after the, their own equipment and. I think it's actually something that I'm really keen on on maintaining. I think it gives them a good grounding. Um, you know, I know that our under 18s, 23s, all the all the age groups down take a sweeping brush away with them, and they clean the change rooms after they've been to an away game. And again, it's just about having that that self control, the self discipline, and respect to, to to look after things and and know your grounding. Yeah. Breaking through with the first team, you were very young when you when you made your debut. What would you remember about it? Was QPR and an FA Cup replay. All right. Yeah, um, I remember I got told the day before um, that I was going to play, and I thought Brian would have kept it quiet. So I've gone home that night, and on the back of the Gazette is a big spread on that I was making my debut. I thought, cheers for that. Um, what do I remember from the game? Um, Trevor Sinclair was meant to be playing right wing for for QPR, but ended up playing left wing to test me out. I remember getting cramp in both my calves after about 20 minutes. Oh, just nervous tension. Yeah, yeah, and having a right panic on that, how am I going to finish the rest of this game? And then suddenly it just went in a blur, really. Um, so I made my debut, it might have been a Tuesday or Wednesday night, 
and then the following Friday that week, um, I got told I would probably be playing for the youth team, which was fine, and they pulled me out of the youth team to be on duty for the first team. So from playing and actually I got man of the match in, on, in my debut, I was now on duty for the first team in the league game on a Saturday. So you talked about grounding, that got you straight back down to earth very quickly. Working with Brian, or working for Brian Robson, yeah. and, and he, was he an awe-inspiring figure at oh, the time? hugely, hugely. I mean, he was still fantastically fit, joined in the five-a-sides. I'd say, breaking into that team, it was, it was a quite a senior team. Um, Nigel Pearson, Steve Vickers, um, God, you could go through it. And it was, it was a strong group of, of senior players that almost sort of coached you while the game was being played we, we didn't do an awful lot of technical tactical, t- uh, tactical stuff in training it was small sided games just ticking ticking over um, but between Brian uh, John Pickering um, Viv and Gordon McQueen as well was the reserve team coach and Gordon could be a, a scary bloke <laughs> he's a big fella as well isn't he he is I mean great people um but, but no, you're right. Coming into that team, it was a, it was a very it was a team scattered with internationals and, and senior players, and they sort of took you under your wing. Not to say that they won't give you a, a hiding if you deserved it or a telling off, but certainly you felt that they had you back. Uh, it was a great time to, to break through. Brian did talk to you occasionally, just have a quiet word with you. Was that sort of manager? Yeah, he, he could be. Um, I remember getting called up to the England under-21s and he pulled me into his office and, and said, I want you to go there, don't be afraid about who you're going to be training with, who you're playing with, you're there on merit, and just just go out and give your all. And I think he was involved with the senior team at the time. So, it was, you know, just little bits like that. Um, like I said, Brian, a big influence on, on my career. You had a loan spell quite early on, didn't you? Was it Sheffield Wednesday? Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. What was the reason for that, just to get you some game time? I think so. Um, I, I sort of got into the Middlesbrough team, I came out of it. Um, Sheffield Wednesday were in the Championship at the time. Went there and it was a real strange situation to go into. They had some big, big players that were, were nowhere near playing for them. So it was people like Vim Young, uh, Carboni, I think might have been there, Gerald Sibborn, De Builder. And they were just they were just training on their own, and I've come in as a, a young player from a foreign, uh, not a foreign club, sorry, from a from a different club, and the situation was really strange to walk into, something I'd, I'd never seen before. So I went there for a month, first time really living away from home. Um, the team weren't playing well. I went in there, started off okay, and then it just sort of seemed to unravel. Um, like I said, the club was in turmoil, the, the, the changing room was in turmoil, and it was a, a real eye-opener. You look back and a great experience of what you learned, but at the time it was it was a difficult place to go. Yeah, because you've gone from what, I'm guessing that Middlesbrough was a fairly tight unit, you know, all over had been relegated yeah. and promoted. It seemed quite a together environment. Yeah, and at the time it's, it's what you know, isn't it? Mm. So I, you, know, you knew what you were getting and you, you knew what each day would probably consist of. You knew... That if you're going to play for the reserves, this would happen. So, it's again going on loan's a great experience, but I wouldn't say it was a an enjoyable time. Um, it, Sheffield Wednesday, a massive club, um, but again, it was just a real. It, I think it was a real difficult time for the club, and to go in that as a young player was was wasn't easy. What do you remember about the you know the, the time at Middlesbrough when Brian 
Brian brought in Terry Venables, and you you were in and around the team at that point. Yeah, right? and it was a, it was a tough time because the club were in trouble at Christmas and, and pulled away again in, in the new year. Yeah, as players, we didn't really know the the ins and outs of it. How Terry ended up coming. Um, uh, what I would say was it was done very professionally. Terry uh, sort of took the training. Brian would be there in and around it, but every day was very organised. It'd be. Shapel MV11 nearly every day um, talking players which positions they needed to be on and and we got the results I didn't play an awful lot under Terry but you know you felt that you could contribute so um, like you say it was a, it was it was a strange time in, in many ways because usually when somebody comes in to take over that means that the old people have no to leave yeah. um, but that wasn't the case so I think we all sort of came together I think that uh, I think that the club handled it well. I thought Brian handled it ever so well. It can't have been easy. Um, and but I suppose the, the success is that they've got results in stayed up. Do you learn something from Terry? Do you learn things from every manager? I think so. I think at the time you don't appreciate it. If if I had my time back, and it wasn't really until the last stage of my career when I, I got serious about going into the coaching side, I think if the advice I give the guys now that might be that way inclined to go into coaching is jot things down as you go along do your badges while you're in it um, it's so much easier um, but yeah I suppose you, you learn good things and bad from, from each manager When Brian left was that a bit of a shock? I suppose it felt like an end of an era that I think season so. didn't it? I think Seven so. years I think it was Yeah I mean it's a long time and not many people get that, that amount of time anymore do they? Um, I wouldn't say it was a bit of a shock I, I would say it's it's sad you know, from from where he got the club to where, we, obviously with the help of, of Steve Gibson as well, to where he left it, the club was chalk and cheese, and to to have been there for during that time was it was brilliant. Were you able to attend the cup finals to go to the big games? I, I just went as a fan. Yeah, yeah, went to, went to all the games as a, as a supporter. Um, you know how we got through against Chesterfield. I'm not not really sure and and, and what have you, but no, I just went as a as a supporter. So um, it was it was unfortunate that. Brian probably couldn't get the get the trophy that his work probably deserved. When Steve McLaren came in, it was a big big change. I guess what was the actually his first full season? You played nearly every game, didn't you? So from a personal point of view, he saw something in you and put you in the team. I got dead lucky. Um, I, I lived in Aislaby at the time, just up just up the road from where Rockcliffe was, and during the the off season, I'd go in and do my the work that all the players were doing mm. at home. I, I used to go into the training ground to do it. It was just easier. And the day before Steve got announced, he was having a walk round with the training ground as I, I was the only one in it. I must have looked really busy, you know, coming in on my day off or whatever. But, um, Mr Enthusiastic. Exactly. What a good first impression. <laughs> I got so I bumped into Steve and introduced myself. And I think I'd played the game the season or the season but before against Derby when he'd been working at Derby and we'd won five um, and he remembered it and he said well why haven't you been playing I said well, I'm not really sure he said and I, it stuck me he said oh we'll change that then shall we and that was his first words to me it was a bit of an encouragement exactly so you came away thinking well I've got a right chance this year I got back as fit as I could possibly get um Curtis, I think, had started in the team. I'm not sure if results had been great, and I got a chance in a in a cup game. I think it was at Blackburn. Did okay, I thought. Not nothing special. 
We had Charlton on the Saturday away. I was expecting to be sub at best, and he threw me in. And from there, I didn't really look back. Um, and like you say, sometimes you you get that little sliding doors moment, that little bit of luck. Um, and I think that first meeting might have been might have been it. So you you stick in the manager's mind, and it went from there. It was a tough season in some respects. That Burgh got to a slow start and the battle and relegation, but but was safe well before the yeah. end. In the cup run, it was a fantastic experience, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. Um, we played some big teams. In it Man United, well. I think, wasn't yeah. it? One, one, of the, one of the matches. Yeah, it was. Um, but no, it was it was a it was a fantastic experience to get to the, to the semi final, wasn't it? Um, which was probably the most nervous I've ever been in any game, any game. Just yeah. because of the occasion. The occasion. Um, I remember we stayed in a hotel in Manchester on the way to the game. Um, the staff had put together a sort of montage of the best bits of the cup run, and each player had his own little thing that was on the bus and that made you feel great about yourself and then as we're pulling into to, into Old Trafford it was just it was just Borough supports it was just it, it was amazing it, you know such an occasion and hairs on the back of your neck sort of go up and coming out to do the warm up it was, you could just see Middlesbrough fans again as the, as the game kicked off it's the only game in my career I can really remember or not remember the first 20 minutes I couldn't tell you what happened in that first 20 minutes. It's it's a blur, and then you settle down and see the own goal. Luke missing the easiest chance I've ever seen, and we actually did ourselves quite quite proud Probably on the day. Won that much. Yeah, with, with with all respect, the team that we we ended up fielding, we had suspensions and injuries, and we were, un, were unlucky. Yeah, when you look at it, that was a fantastic Arsenal team as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got. The old scrapbook that my kids sometimes have a little look at now. I don't, I still don't have a look, honest. And um, one of the pictures is me on my hands and knees at the final whistle, and on Rezem, just about 90 seconds before that, I knew the game was over, whereas the goal kick was coming. And I said to, to Henri, Can I have your shirt? And he said, oh, I'm very sorry. He said, um, I can't give it to you, I promised Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I think that's true. I said, who's that? And he said, Dean Windass. <laughs> yeah. So Dean got his shirt. Um, so that was fine. Then after the game in the change room, obviously we were very quiet change room. The Arsenal physio came in with a, a handful, the, the whole team's kits, Arsenal kits. I said, hey, our lads, help yourself. And at the time, we all, we all thought, the cheeky. So-so. Yeah. You know, it's only Arsenal. You've only just beaten us. You know, that's not how it's done. Now... I wish I'd picked them all yeah, and stuck them in a bin bag. But no, I, just, I didn't take one. No, and, and no, I don't think anybody did. Um, we just thought, and I'm sure, it came, I'm sure it came from a good place. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but at the time, you're thinking, no, I'm not sure about that. We just pushed you for ninety minutes. Exactly. Yeah. The following season was a strange one. I was covering the club at the time. You know, you played the first. I think it was ten games, fifth in the table, and just suddenly from nowhere you were out of the picture. I got injured. Um, I had um, I got sent a pair of boots to wear, and I wore them at Tottenham away. The I think we three nils, yeah. yeah, win, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember going home, and my heel was was throbbing. It was it was so sore, um, and it just it got worse. It was plantar fasciitis, which is just a it's a sore sort of feeling every time you wake up or, or put your heel to the ground. And it just it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I, I sort of half trained, came back, was injured, came back, came back again. 
and it was it was just a nightmare. It was it was horrible. I remember trying to make my comeback in a couple of games and was useless, absolutely useless. Was sort of half fit. In the end, I had to go in for injections and little ops and, and what have you and I never never really got back and obviously at that time you got people pushing for your mm. place I think Stuart came in and Stuart, you Barnaby and you kind in. of became the, the regular exactly. right back and that's how it should be yeah. you know no, no issues about that if, if you're not in the team somebody else is going to take your place and um, unfortunately it happened to me so time was awful wasn't it because you were established pretty much established first team Premier League football exactly um, so listen these things happen like say Stuart got in, I got fit again. I knew the writing was on the wall. I don't was it that year that I left? I think you stayed another year. Stayed the you? year after, sort of went on loan to West Ham, mm. went on loan to Rotherham. Actually, um, I knew the, just before I'd left, I, I got back in the team and we played Tottenham at home and beat them five. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a good game and like you say, you'd like to think that you beat a team like Tottenham five. One, I think it was. I think Redknapp scored a free kick really late on, but you might keep your place for the next team. And I found myself not even on the bench. And you think, oh, this, right, don't, this don't look good. <laughs> this, this isn't this isn't what I was like. You know, I can't really carry on with this. So went to meet Steve. I had a not heated discussion, but I said, you know, what situation was, and he agreed to let me go. It must have been tough, but we'll talk about your leaving in a second. But just in terms of some of the players you, you shared the pitch with at Middlesbrough, Janine, your you know players like that. Who, who, what was it like playing with some some of those players? Oh, amazing! Absolutely amazing. I think back to I mean, I was lucky enough to make my debut alongside Nigel Pearson, um, Gary Palace would have come along at that around that time. Colin Cooper, people that I grew up sort of watching. You had the, the foreign boys come in like Boxic and like say Janine or. Marinelli was unbelievable talent, brilliant player. Um, and Why then do you think he never kicked on Marinelli? Was Carlos, I'm not really sure. Character. Really, yeah, probably because I left the team and <laughs> did all his running for him. Um, <laughs> he was, he was technically, he, he was probably better than Janino. In fact, his, with his tricks and skills, yeah. um, I'm not sure why he didn't kick on. Really, maybe it was just the, the English culture; it was too different for him. And then you got the likes of Gaza that we played with, Paul Ince, Robbie Musto. Top top players, you know. It was so, I think. I talk to some of the younger players now, and it's not all about. I don't think I was the best ability. I had a drive. I had a professionalism about my work, but I also got lucky that I got to play with in in the time I was playing properly. Hugo, Gareth, Frank Quadru, Swartz behind me. That was the back four. I was probably the weak link in the back four. But you looked a better player than what you were. Because Hugo just had everything. I'd, he'd come off with cuts and bruises everywhere. I'd come off pristine, but <laughs> having had a good game because of him. So you, you, you get a little bit lucky at times. And I, you know, I made the most of my ability and, and probably played with people that made me look better than what I was. Great to have played, as you say, for your hometown team and mm. to, to have that experience. Did, when you left, was it tough? No, not really. It was. It, if I go back to the, the situation with my last game. Um, we won five one. I was out the squad the next game for Bolton, and you think oh, it's probably time to time to do it. I've been associated with the club for well, maybe fifteen, sixteen years. Um, had some had great times, but no, it was it was probably the right time to to move on. I guess it's tough when you play at that level in the Premier League. You know, with with players that we've just talked about. You know, how did you mentally just to play in it, for example, Darlington? 
Yeah, well, that was, that came later on. I actually went to Rotherham, um, who were in the Championship. I'd got, had a good loan spell at Rotherham. I was unsure about going there at first, to, to be honest, going from such a big club to a, to a small one. Um, but I actually started to really enjoy my football again. The change room was fantastic. You go from internationals, which is which is fine. We went to this sort of working class changing room. Boys would just run, 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 steamroll over over teams, especially at Millmore. And actually, really enjoyed my football. You, you, it felt good to be the underdog winning every week. And we stayed up. Um, Ronnie Mill, were you manager? Ronnie, I scored a goal in the in the last home game to, to help keep us up. We beat Burnley. And then they came for me in the summer. And I thought, why not? I enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, the players that were promised to sign from the loan. I was the only one that did. So we had Jordy Morris that didn't sign in the end. We had a centre forward from Derby. Um, and the team struggled at the start of that season. We really found it tough and the club was going through it. some kind of takeover. The digital money never came in. Um, I was on a good contract and they decided to let me go to Hull. Went to Hull, didn't enjoy it, didn't really get a look in. Um, me and the manager didn't really see eye to eye. And I had the, the loan spell from Darlington while I was there. So you just want to play football. I was back in the area. Um, again, different different people, different ways of doing things. I remember getting a Friday off before a Saturday game, which unheard of. But they try anything. Um, Does it help you give a perspective now when you when you're coaching the lads who are, you know you best will in the world if you're if you're an, a, a, play, a young player at a club like Sunderland or Middlesbrough, you get everything. Virtually on a plate. I know you yeah. have to work for it, but yeah, yeah. you know you've, you've you've experienced your life at the other end as well. You've had you've had both experiences, course, haven't you? Of course. Um, like you say, going from if, if you just do a snapshot of, of Middlesbrough, like you say, everything done for you. You get your kit rolled up for you. It's on your place when you get there in the morning. You chuck it in a basket. It gets clean. It's there for you again. Go to Rotherham. The lads are wearing their own kit. They take it home. Sometimes you. The lads, you know, to forget the kit, to be wearing normal socks into training. You know, it was just that. That was that's how it is. Um, so yeah, definitely, it puts a, a different perspective on it. It's one of the things we're really keen on at Sunderland. That when players go out on loan, they have to do exactly what the players at that club do. There's no special treatment. We don't want our players to go there and throw the kit down, expected to get picked. Hundred percent. Yes, it's a learning curve, and uh, it's all experiences, but they'll they'll stand them in good stead. You actually played a lot of football towards you know the latter, latter years of your career, Tramway and Grimsby, didn't you? Yeah. You know, you, it wasn't as if you weren't playing any football. No, so I went from Hull to, the, to Tramway, again with Ronnie. Um, we had, I had two good years there. I was expecting to stay. I'd played every minute of every game in my second season there. Um, I had some bad injuries but played through them. I had three broken ribs, which was horrible to play with, but, but did. Fully expecting a contract at the end of it, a week after the season had finished, Ronnie pulled me in and said the budget was cut and he'd be letting me go. Um, which well, I wasn't best pleased about. He could have told me that a month earlier. But um, went on holiday and like hundreds of footballers were scrambling around for a club and eventually landed at Grimsby. Did you enjoy your time there? I did. I enjoyed my time at Tranmere and, and Grimsby again. A good set of people. Alan Buckley who was a good manager, he was one of the very few at the time to have managed over a thousand games. Um, took the family over there um, and unfortunately just just struggled with injury. It was really strange, I, like I said, played every minute of the games, 
the year before got injured at the back end of pre-season and it was just stop start all the way through my two years there which was really frustrating um, it's not nice when you go there and get injured so early you feel that you're letting people down and you in fact you're a little bit embarrassed that you can't contribute um, but ultimately it is what it is and um, at that time in my second season the youth t- or the academy manager got promoted to first team manager and at the end of the season they'd just been relegated to the National League he pulled me in and said he wasn't going to offer me a new contract but he'd like to offer me the academy manager's role so I was fairly I was you know, I was still fairly young in terms of that role um, sat down with, with the family and thought Do you know what? I'm fed up of going around here for a year here, a year there um, I want to. I want to start the next stage of my career, and, and took that, and it was probably, in hindsight, the best thing I ever did. Just before we talk a little bit about your coaching, England under twenty ones. First of all, what was it like representing? Have you represented two countries? Of I course, did. But I did the England side of things first of all. Yeah, got called up when I'd first broken through, like Cylinder Bryan, and it was great. We had there was a really strong squad. It was people like Lampard, Gerrard, Heskey, Carragher, Wes Brown. Girl, it was some team. top top players. Um, so broke in then and then actually got brought in again when the game was at the Diverse. Riverside which was I shouldn't have been called up it was only because I think they needed somebody local me and Andy sort of got the call up I got on for I don't know if I got on did I get on? I might they might have chucked yeah. me on for a minute at the end in a friendly keep the locals happy exactly um, so no that, that was I got in a couple of squads very early and then that second one that second call up was a was a strange one, um, but yeah, good experience. Like you say, good to have on the CV, and um, to then get called up for Scotland later How on. Did that know. come about? Obviously, it's a family member, wasn't it? Yeah, my grandma's Scottish. Um, so how how it works is when you sign your forms at, at Middlesbrough, one of the things is which countries you you're allowed to play for. So you, you fill it in, it gets sent off to the various uh, football associations. So because I'd only played in friendlies or been unused subs for the qualifiers for England, Scotland got wind of it um, and were keen to tie me down as I was playing regular f- for Middlesbrough. Um, so that, that's how it came about. Got called up. Thought, why not? You know, not many people get to, the chance to play international football and eventually ended up with five caps. But was it Bertie Vogue's? The, the yeah, the yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, one of the best times in Scottish football, I think. You know, we were on a crest of a wave. Not, <laughs> no, it wasn't great. Um, World Cup winner, of course. But yeah, yeah. But it, they didn't. They didn't. It just didn't work, did it? Didn't, didn't it? work. Different sort of character, and you know, you'd, you'd turn up at the camp, and he'd insist on the night before a game, you have to be in the bar for a glass of wine or a beer at ten o'clock, so settle your nerves and help you to sleep. And I'm thinking, oh, this isn't the norm. So you do what you do. Um, but no, I did, to be honest. The, be- the best thing about the, the Scottish games was we went over to play the warm-up games before the, the World Cup and played South Korea. And it was I think it was 100-odd thousand supporters in there. Uh, and they were brilliant. They were absolutely fantastic. Under Gus Hiddink and the beaters 4-1. And we got pelters in the Scottish press. You know, how can this happen? And what are probably the lowest point in Scottish football and, and all the rest of it. They actually got to the semi-final. 
at the World Cup. They did, yeah. So four one looked a really good result <laughs> in the end. <laughs> did you feel Scottish? Was it was it a difficult transition? No, not really. Obviously, there was a bit made that I'd played for England, and you, you got over that. Um, but there were so many English-based players. I actually, made me debut on the night at Aberdeen with Grim Alexander. We played a half each. There was Don Hutchinson in it, and so no, that that side of it wasn't particularly difficult. Um, the, the, the biggest scrutiny was that I'd played previously for the under-21s in England. But it's an opportunity you're going to grab it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't really... I, 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 Did you have to think long and hard about it? I knew there'd be a bit of stick coming my way, but no, not really. Like I say, I, I, I wanted to play at the highest possible level. The experiences that it gave me only helped me in a club level. It only helps me now with my coaching, and, and in hindsight, it was the right decision to make. Now you mentioned the coaching. Now it's it's a, it's a role you enjoy. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, I've 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 worked from the very bottom. You know, from being academy manager at Grimsby to, you know, it's one stage our funding got cut because the first team you, you, your funding at youth level is only uh, guaranteed with your senior squad being in the in the league. So I took over the first year we played non-league. So I got two years half funding, and then it it, it stopped. So I'm really proud of the, the job that me and the staff did there, but we managed to keep age groups 9 to 16 going, plus the under-18s, produce some really, really good teams, some good players that are still playing in the Football League, One, one's playing in La Liga now. Um, and it was such a really good grounding. You see the staff that the academies operate now, it was me and my assistant, that was it, looking after 18 boys every day. Um, and I think... I probably wouldn't be at the stage I am now without without that original bit. You know, I, I, like I said, I started out at the at the very bottom of the coaching room, um, and and eventually sort of worked my way up. What's it, what was it like going back to the Riverside as part of the Sunderland setup last season? It was okay. Yeah, I've been plenty of times to go watch games, so that wasn't that wasn't so much an issue. It was a bit of an issue when George Jordan started to. Stand on my toe and won't have a fight with me. That wasn't that wasn't pleasant. Um, He's got a bit of previous. Job, he has got there, a bit of. Yeah, I thought oh, that's quite good for me. Kudos. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure his age comes into it when it was George Jordan. He's hard anyway. Um, yeah, they said to Gattuso famously, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He did. I came off slightly better than Gattuso, I think. Um, it, it's great. I, you know, there's some friendly people still there. I still know a couple of the staff. Um, so no, going back's not. Not really a problem. Um, it's a little bit strange, like I say, my brother's a season ticket holder at Middlesbrough still, and uh, all my mates are, are Borough fans, but they know what I do now. It's it's all geared towards Sunderland. Robbie, thanks very much for your time. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Good to talk all to right, you. Pal. Thanks very much. No worries.